name. Amen. Amen. All right. Uh, I've been ministering on uh, a place called In the Spirit. And this place called In the Spirit is a real place. And it's where a lot of people, a lot of when I say people, I mean Christians, a lot of Christians never really figure it out. I believe one of the reasons and a very driving reason is between the two words, uh, born again and saved. We use those words interchangeably. And a lot of Christians are born again. Well, you, you, to be a Christian, you've you got to be born again. But they're not saved. Because saved denotes deliverance. If you study out the word, saved is delivered from. And there's a lot of people that are born again. They believe in Jesus Christ. But they've never stepped over into the place of saved. He that the Son is set free is free indeed. Yet a vast majority of Christians and believers are not free. They're battling things that has already been won. They're battling from a, a place called born again, trying to get Jesus to do something he's already done. And now, as I say many times, we, we try to dumb down the word of God so it fits where we're at so that we can feel good. But there's a place above where you and I are living. Yes, amen. Anybody here old enough to remember the Jeffersons? And that they moved on up? Okay, that story is not very predominant in Christian circles. People are staying where they've been. You got to move on up. Well, well, I want to. I'm just waiting on Jesus. No, Jesus already came. He's not coming back for that purpose. He is coming back, but not for that purpose. Because what he did has been established for all of us. And we've got to move from the place called born again into the realm of walking in what he's established. And this is the the place called in the spirit. Now, I have, uh, um, this is the sixth session, and it is the last session on this place called in the spirit. And so, uh, I don't answer the question, but I want you to answer the question within inside yourself. In the five messages, if you've been here so far, have you made an adjustment or have you just learned lessons? See, this is where we break down on the Bible. Uh, not, let me not use the word breakdown. This is where we fail the Bible. We hear it, we read it, but we don't apply it to walk in it. Yep. Amen. And we've got to come to the place where we become living epistles known and read of God. For a lot of Christians, they have to be asked, are you a Christian? See, if you have to be asked if you're a Christian, you're living at a low level. People should see in, in Antioch where they were first called Christians. They, they weren't asked and, oh, we got to come up with a name for you. They were Christ ones. They were doing and living in the realm that Christ lived in when he walked the face of the earth. And so they called them Christ ones because they were emulating Christ. Amen. There's, there's a, fla- a place. Now, if you stop and you think about that, what did Christ do? 
These signs shall follow them that believe. They'll have hands on the sick and they shall recover. But most Christians' ideology is, let me come to church and my pastor will pray for you. Come, come, come to my, my church and let my pastor preach to you so that you might uh, become a believer. Why aren't you leading them to the Lord? Okay, this, maybe we shouldn't preach this message. In the Spirit is a place, and there are many benefits to this place. And today I'm going to give you uh, the benefits, but I'm going, to, I'm going to start off here with a preface that, that's going to be, you, you need to pay attention to, to this and apply it to your life in 1 Timothy chapter 4. Let's Amen. go there. Thank you. Uh, 1 Timothy chapter 4, uh, verse 1. Uh, now, now this is just kind of a prelude to my message. It ties in uh, somewhat, but it's not really my message. Uh, it's just something that I want to uh, bring in here. Now the Spirit... Ex, uh, speaketh expressly that in the latter times, we're living in the latter times, some shall depart from the faith. So you need to pay attention that, to that for you. There's going to be people that walk away from this. No, no, let me rephrase that. There's people in this that are going to walk away from this. Yes. Amen. So, so, so don't think yourself exempt. Yeah. Okay, Giving heed, why are they going to walk away? Because they're going to pay attention to or listen to seducing spirits now, a seducing spirit is a spirit that's saying something that you want to hear. Because, you know, go back to my tacos and beans story. I am not seduced by beans. You, you could make the best beans in the world and I could walk through your house and I am not tempted one, one bit. But now, if you got some carne asada tacos on the table, I could have just eaten. And if you say, hey, you want a taco? I'm going to say, yeah. Even though I'm not hungry. Why? See, a seducing spirit only can seduce in areas that you're attracted to. Okay, and, and there, there's a lot of preachers now preaching doctrines of devils, and it's seducing people to walk away from the validity of the Word of God. Don't, don't put yourself in a category, oh, that'll never happen to me. Because seducing spirits have the power to seduce. Demons are watching you. They know where your weak spot is. And yeah. guess what? We all have one. Yeah. Two. Five. Come on. Okay? The devil's not going to come and hit you in, or come and hit me in the bean department. It, it just, there's nothing in there for me. There are things in your life that would draw you away from Christ that you would never do. I mean, uh, you could get hammered on it. It's just not in your nature, your wiring, who you are, you would never do. But this other thing over here, you would. Okay, that, that's what seducing spirits do. And doctrines of devils. Now, let's, let's look at some of the, the, the seducing spirits. Doctrines of de devils, speaking lies and hypocrisy, having their conscience seared with a hot iron, forbidding to marry. Very common uh, people shacking up today like, like there's never been before. Commanding to abstain from meats. You ever heard that one? Yeah. Do you know that's a doctrine of devils? I'm talking politics right now. You know, they're killing off chickens and killing off cows and, and telling you, you know, you can't eat these things. You know, that's a doctrine of devils. We, I'm, not, I'm not casting that. I'm, I'm just reading the Bible. That's right. It's a doctrine of devils. It's a heavenly taste. Ribs. <laughs> which God has created to be received with thanksgiving of them 
which believe and know the truth. For every creature of God is good and nothing to be refused if it is received with thanksgiving. Now go over to Mark chapter 16. Amen. Remember that. And uh, now let's go over to Mark chapter 16. I'm going to make a point here. In Mark chapter 16, verse 17. One more, one more page. Mark 16, 17. It says, And these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name they shall cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents. Watch it. This is where I want to go. And if they drink or consume any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. Now, my point leading into my message, because remember right now I'm just making a point. Uh, I hope you're in the practice of praying over your food. But don't allow the praying over your food to become ritualistic. Something that you just do. Got this little quip saying that you say. Uh, there's a lot of things uh, that has been coming out. You probably heard of them. I'm not probably telling you anything new. But uh, like one thing, like McDonald's French fries. Don't they have good French fries? The salt on their French fries is made up of three things. Salt, sugar, and aluminum. Every time you eat those tasty French fries from McDonald's, you're ingesting aluminum, an aluminum product. Uh, you may not know this, but aluminum is not good for you. Okay. In a study, 80% of fast food, had a, a study in the study of the complete study, 80% of fast food had plastic within the food. You may not know this, but plastic isn't good for you. I saw a thing just this week that of leafy products like lettuce and spinach and things like that, they're genetically altering them so that they have that mRNA that's in the vaccine within them. So what's my point? One is there's things that you could do to watch the food that you eat, but you better make your prayers with faith. Because the things that are going on in the world, it, it's hard to keep up with all this stuff. But you better pray over your food. And in the prayer, see, we, the, the word that we just read over in Timothy was that your food is sanctified, it's set apart, it's made holy. Okay, uh, I, I would get my faith locked in to my praying over my food. And if you don't pray over your food, I would start praying over my food. Even if you're in a restaurant, get over your embarrassment of doing the things of God and pray over your food because you don't know what's in that food. But God does. And there is a way that God has created at this higher level that we can live above the things that are going on in this world. Now, this place called in the spirit, there's many benefits of this. I asked the question just a minute ago. Have you made adjustments? Because if you're not trying to get in the spirit, because a lot of Christian things because they're spirit filled or because they've been going to a, a church for a long time that they're spiritual. But they make every decision out of their brain. Which is carnal. Unless you've renewed your mind, Romans 12, 2, to the word of God, to where you think on the realm. Jesus said, John 6, 63, that my word is spirit and it is life. 
unless you navigate the natural realm with the Word of God, you're living on the carnal side, not the spiritual side. I'm not saying you're not going to heaven. I'm just saying that you're going to go through a lot of hell before you get there. Because you don't know how to beat the darkness. And so I'm going to this morning give you 10 points. Don't worry, I'm not spending a bunch of time on each point. But I'm going to give you 10 points of a benefit of living in this, this place called in the spirit. Uh, that, that I've been talking about for five weeks. And uh, so let's go over to Matthew chapter 5. Amen. Now, on my Friday uh, live stream, I dealt with this scripture. And this is the problem that you and I face. In, in, in trying to get into this realm called in the spirit. 5, 6 says, Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. Your, your true hunger and your true thirst is driving you to make the decisions that you're making. More people have a hunger for natural things than they do spiritual things. All you have to do is look at yourself to determine where you're at in this. You sit into a, you go to a church, you listen to somebody preach, and then you walk out. What do you do with that word? Very few people go home and study it out, try to get whatever points it was made that really uh, pricked their heart or stepped on their toes and study it out and try to get that area working in their life. Uh, the average Christian uh, prays less than 15 minutes a day. The average Christian, you know, reads their Bible when they open it in church. Uh, and maybe once or twice another time, you know, and, but doesn't really ingest the word of God. They're not moving and thinking in the realms of I want to walk in this power. There's power in the name of Jesus. In fact, tomorrow, unless the Lord changes my direction, I'm going to be talking about the power of the name of Jesus and the, the declarations that we make to live a life because a lot of people are doing this out of their head and don't understand how to get the power of the name of Jesus to actually work. Now, 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 wait a minute. Quit looking at me like you're mad. If, if the power in the name of Jesus is true, doesn't that give me power over everything that comes against me? Because greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. But most people can't get themselves out of a, a paper bag by faith. They're just hoping God does something. God's saying, you do it. You occupy till I come. You walk in the things that I have ordained for you. You become what I said you are so that you're a living epistle, a living letter, known and read of men, that people can see me through you. Now, if God can be seen through us, there has to be a manifestation of power. Because everything about Jesus in walking the face of the earth was about power. He raised the dead. He opened the eyes of the blind. Uh, he delivered the demoniacs. I mean, we just go down and walked on water. Whatever he needed at the time, he did. Broke the bread and the fish. Fed 5,000 men plus the women and children. Every encounter of life that he came to, through manifestation of God, being submitted to God, he illustrated how we can live at this higher level. So what are we hungering for? What are we thirsting for? The very easy way to figure that out is look at your calendar and your checkbook. Seriously. Because you're trying to schedule time for what you're hungry for. You're spending your money on what you're, you're hungry for. Amen, Pastor, good word. Okay, go to Romans chapter 8. Let's see if we can, uh, let's get into the, the 10 points here. 
And uh, I'm going to go through these fairly quickly. I, I'm paying attention to the clock. doesn't mean anything to me, but I'm paying attention to it. And um, Romans 8, verse 11. But if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken, King James, or give life to your mortal bodies by his spirit that dwells in you. This place called in the spirit is a place of divine health. Do you know that really makes people go wacky, ticks them off? I remember one person, a relative of mine, said, well, if you don't die by sickness and disease, how in the world are you going to die? Why don't you just leave? Why do you have to have something kill you to go to heaven? Isaac, when Joseph brought his sons in to uh, be blessed... He blessed his kids, talked about all of his family and everything like that. And then it says, he picked up his feet, put them on the bed, and went with his fathers. Why don't you and I do that? Well, I have no control of that. Apparently you do. The Bible says you do. Do you know how fast a person will submit themselves to a doctor's diagnosis and how they will fight to submit themselves to a Bible diagnosis? Now, you can be born again. I'm not talking about whether you're born again or not. I am talking about whether you're saved or not, uh, meaning delivered. But if we're so quick to, to submit ourselves to a natural diagnosis and reject a spiritual diagnosis, how in the world can we say that we're operating from this place called in the spirit? So benefit number one is there's a within this place called in the spirit, you and I can live in divine health. Now, this is something that I've been pursuing. Uh, uh, I went a long time, five, six years, something like that, not getting sick. Then I got sick last year, or maybe it was earlier this year. I marked it in my calendar. I don't remember what it is, but every year it'll come up. And so I'm, I'm, I'm restarting the thing. Uh, I don't get sick. I, I, I don't care what's going on around me. If a thousand shall fall at my right hand, 10,000 at my side, but it shall not come near me, then it shall not come near me. If he sent his word and healed my flesh, then my flesh should be healed. But it's in this place. So how do I know that there is a place? Because the vast majority of Christians are still living under the laws of sickness and disease. When Jesus, by his stripes, healed us. So many Christians are still trying to get healed instead of being healed. And the determining factor in their mind is the pain or discomfort they're feeling in their body. Well, I can't be healed because, I, you know, not I can't be healed like in the future, but I can't be healed presently because I feel this in my body. So now they move off the word of God that says you are healed. Praise the Lord. So benefit number one is we can live in uh, uh, divine health. Number two, look at verse 14. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. So in this place called in the Spirit, you and I are led by God. Now, if you and I are led by God, it's going to work. God does not fail. God does not recycle failure. So here's the problem. And again, illustrating the point that we're not living in this place called in the Spirit is because we keep... Recycling destruction. 
we keep trying to get free when the Son has set us free. We keep trying, and, and in the trying, I'm dealing with the lead. Instead of following God on which way to go and what to do, we, we translate it to how do I make this work in a natural sense. Now, you have to understand that in being led by the Spirit, Hebrews chapter 11, it is impossible to please God without faith. So everywhere the leading of the Spirit is going to take you, it's going to take faith, meaning it's going to look bigger and stronger than where you're at and that you can't do it because God's the one that's going to do it. Very few people walk down this road, Christians. Very few Christians walk down this road because it's a place of discomfort. The, the walk faith is a place where we're uncomfortable because we have to rely on the Word of God. <clears throat> That's why we come up with antidotes to help us. I'm believing God, but I'm going to do this. Why don't you just believe God? I mean, we don't like to deal with that question. The reason we won't just believe God is because, well, I need this to help my faith. Now, you may be in a place with your faith that you do need help. Praise God. Do it, but build your faith so that next time you don't have to do it. So I'm not dogging anybody. All of our faith is at some level, but we have been given in this place. God will lead us to where it will work. The blessings of the Lord maketh rich, and he addeth no sorrow to it. Do you know how many people live in the heaviness of sorrow, trying to make life work? When, when God said, or we could go back over Matthew chapter 6, when Jesus was talking, he says, don't, don't take no thought about how you're going to live and how it's all going to work out. Just seek first uh, my kingdom, and all these things will be done, given to you. Do you know most people can't live by that? Come on, stop and think about it. Give 100% of yourself to God and see what he can do. Well, I can't do that because I got to. And then we start filling in the blanks. But in this place called in the spirit, we don't have to do life on our own. We're, we're faced with a decision and we don't know what's going to happen. And I can go this way. I can go this way. And there's things that are going to happen down each path. And I don't know what the things are. And I don't know how it's all going to come together. Uh, but God does. I don't have to make that decision. I don't have to live under the weight of that decision because in this place I can be led by God. The story I always like to refer to in, in areas like this is Pastor Kress. Uh, one of his uh, uh, congregants came to him. He said, Pastor, uh, I've got two opportunities uh, for a job. Uh, this one job, it looks really good. They're going to give me like a management position. I'm going to make this amount of money and uh, they're going to do this and they're going to do that. The other job doesn't pay so well uh, and I'm not a manager. I'm just an employee. And, uh, uh, but, but it's still a, a legitimate offer and, and I can't figure out which way to go. And Pastor Cross said, take, take that job, the one that was the lesser. And the, the guy in his church was just dumb enough to listen to his pastor. I, I know that's crazy. But, uh, you know, surely God doesn't speak through them and, and help us in, in the leading. And uh, within six months, I think it was six months, it was a very short period of time, the, uh, the job that paid the best was out of business. And in his job, he was promoted to a management position and actually was now making more than what the other job offered him. See, he was at this road of decision. There was, there was two roads. He didn't know what was going to happen down the road, and he couldn't get a piece in his heart. So he went to uh, the gift that got a place in his heart and got direction. 
Because God will, God will lead us through many different ways. Yeah. And it all worked out good. So, so this, there, there's a place called in the spirit. And just because you're praying in tongues every day doesn't mean that you're in the place called in the spirit. Because when you move out of praying in tongues and you start making a decision, are you making the decision from the place called in the spirit or the place called in the natural? Amen. What was that? Number three? Number two. All right. I got to move faster. Um, go to verse 15. For we have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear. So in this place called in the spirit, there is no fear. What does no fear look like? See, most people don't know what no fear looks like because they live in fear. So how do I know that there's a place called in the spirit? Because there's no fear in the place called in the spirit. And a lot of people are living in fear. Amen. Anxiety, worry, those are all just different forms of fear. You can put a different label on it. Now, did I say you're not born again? No, no I'm not talking about whether we're born again. I'm talking about if we're living in the, the place with the benefits that God has, has given to us and made available to us. So there is no... Well, let me read that again because maybe I read it wrong. Uh, for we have not received the spirit of bondage. So I'm free. So I'm not going to go in bondage again. To fear. Well, if I've not received it, how can I live in it unless I make a decision to move over into fear? Because I've trained myself to live there. See, if no fear, there's in, in the book of one of the three epistles of John, it says there is no fear in him. Perfect love casteth out all fear. So if I have, how much fear can I have and still make that verse work? Well, I just have to get out of him. I can make it work. I just can't say I'm in him. I can't say I'm in this place because there is no fear in this place. In order for me to get into fear, I've got to step out of that place. To give value to the fear. To give credit to what I'm fearing. And, and many people can even uh, uh, read the scientific study that says that 98% of the things you worry about never happen. But they will still live in the 2%. Okay, so if this place has no fear, so number three is no fear in this place, but we have received the spirit of adoption whereby we cry, Abba, Father. So not only is there no fear, but point number four is it's the place of adoption. Now, I spent a lot of time on this on the last two weeks of the birthright and the, uh, um, the joint aridness of the believers that we're living below our standard because God owns the whole world, according to Psalms 24. And if I'm a joint heir with Jesus, who took all authority and power back and everything's been given to him, then why don't I view this out here, you know, beyond the wall, as things I should own. I remember, uh, um, well, it's been several times, actually. Do you know how hard it is to talk to somebody who has a renter mentality into ownership? Because they've never owned before. How can I do that? That's beyond me. They, they, they can't see it. If God owns everything... Doesn't, and I'm a joint heir, shouldn't I have ownership? Mm -hmm. 
See, most of the things that we get, we get by debt. I know I already preached the money series, but just hang with me. If I have to live by debt to have something, I've got a renter's mentality because I don't own it. In fact, uh, if I can share what you said one time, because I, I just think it was profound. Uh, we went through the Dave Ramsey thing, and he talked about owning your own car. And You remember that? And Latrice said, well, I've never even heard of that. I, I thought you always had a car payment. Do you know how we can get stuck in things? Yeah. To make life work, I've got to have 15 credit cards. I've got to do this. I've got to do that. Interest is eating me up a lot, but I've got to have it if I'm going to have anything. Because, because we're, we're, we've got a renter's mentality. We've got a non-ownership mentality. Now, there's times that renting makes sense. I, I talked about that in the money class, so I'm not dogging you if you, you rent, but I'm talking about the element of how do we view life. Do you know that, that many people won't go into business for themselves out of fear of not having enough money? I need to work for somebody. I need to be a slave. Now, if you have a job, don't, don't take that negatively. But, but somebody's controlling your time because I don't think I can make it on my own. Well, wait a minute. W wasn't I adopted? Is, is God like just somebody who has no care over my life, what I can do? Okay, y'all are staring at me, man. <laughs> if, if, I, if I was insecure, I'd be closing this down right now. Maybe that's what you're trying to do. All right, number four was the place of adoption. Go to John chapter 14. Amen. Am I challenging you? Amen. All right, because, because here's what we are bad at as Christians. Oh, I'm born again, I'm spirit-filled. Yeah, but nothing's working in your life. Come on, we got to be honest with ourselves. Now, I told you that uh, I got sick here uh, whenever it was. You know, I'm working on my uh, first year. Uh, but, but I went several years of, um, you know, six, seven years, something like that, without getting sick one time. I remember I had a person, you know, in the middle of the, the pandemic that they pulled me in closely. It was like cheek to cheek. And they said, Pastor, I've been diagnosed with COVID, but I'm not going to I'm not going to yield to this thing. And I'm going to and I praise God. I didn't jump back six feet because I don't get sick. I'm in a place. I remember one time years and years ago, a legitimate sickness that was going around. Everybody was getting sick. It's like some kind of really bad flu or something like that. And this person couldn't even hadn't gotten out of bed for several times, uh, several days. And they're just really going through it. And I went in there and they, they called and said, can you come over and pray? And I said, yeah. And I went over and prayed for him. And uh, then somebody heard about it. And they said, did you actually go in their room? I said, yeah. They said, this is contagious. Aren't you concerned about getting sick? I think they probably said afraid. Aren't you afraid of getting sick? I said, you know, getting sick never even crossed my mind. I don't get sick. I don't care who I'm around. There's a place that you and I can operate in. Where did I tell us to go? John chapter 14? All right. Let me stick to my, my notes here. Verse 26. But the comforter, which is the Holy Ghost. Number five. It's a place where you live comforted. So how do I know that there's a place called in the spirit? Because the lot of Christians that I see, they're not comforted. They're stressed. They're, they're trying to, to keep themselves in a place. 
if you have a comforter, when are you comfortless? Because what's the job of the comforter? To comfort. So if life will beat you up. Uh, I, I like uh, uh, Mike Tyson's quote, you know, everybody has a plan until they get punched in the face. I mean, that to me, that's like a real thing because life will punch you in the face. But if you get punched in the face, did the comforter leave? No. I can still live in comfort. Do you know how the Bible says be anxious for nothing? But do you know how many people are in anxiety and anxiousness? They just choose not to be in this place where anxiety has no power over you. They, people choose to be in a place uh, where they're, they're discomforted. A lot of it comes from we like the emotional support we get from other people. Thank you, Joe. Because we're getting something out of everything that we're doing. Number five, the place where you're comforted. Let's go back. But the comforter, which is of the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things. So we have a benefit of a teacher. Many of you are here when Wilbur, uh, he's in heaven now, but when Wilbur Botoff was here, he was a contractor. And uh, uh, he, we are talking one day. And uh, um, he, wasn't, um, he wasn't like schooled in construction. He just like learned how to do construction. He was very good at it, made quality stuff. But he says, you know, Pastor, people ask me to do something and I don't know how to do it. He says, but I'll just kind of quiet down, sit back and and I'll just kind of look and see what it is they're asking me to do. And it's amazing how God will show me. Mm -hmm. Now, he didn't quote this verse, but there's a teacher that will show you how to do it. Do you know how many people is going to throw a hammer because they're mad? Because they can't get it to work. They can't figure it out. And then in the can't figure it out, they get frustrated. I remember I was in a, a computer logic class back in the uh, like mid 90s. You know, computers were just coming out and they had this flow charts and everybody was just like they couldn't understand it. Now it's just kind of, you know, kindergarten stuff. But uh, at the time, it was a different way of thinking. And I, I, I was getting frustrated and I remember I stopped. Now, I wasn't thinking of this verse, but I thought, you know, if I can just slow down, I can get this. And I, I calmed down and I was just looking at it. And the teacher taught me, not, not the teacher in the front of the classroom, the teacher. We have a teacher. Do you know that there's nothing in your life that in this place called in the spirit? There's nothing in your life that you can't be taught how to do it. Because remember, he's also going to lead us. So he's going to lead us and he's going to show us how to walk in his leading. Oh, there's benefits to this place called in the spirit. What are you going to do in today with the signs of the time of his coming? Inflation and all these different taxation, all these different things that they're putting in place to try to destroy the middle class, the eugenics, you know, trying to, to selectively uh, dictate who's born, who's not born, to, uh, to try to get the population down. Uh, Bill Gates has said it. There's several. You can go on the, the Internet, look and watch the, his, uh, his speeches about where that we've got to get rid of all these uh, people, we've got too many people. The earth's not going to be able to sustain it. Sustain it. And then he has a, a, qui a quippy phrase about uh, health care and says we've got to vaccinate people. How are you going to navigate the end times? 
You know, I remember, if you're old enough, I remember, remember uh, 1999 going into 2000? The world's going to fall apart because of Y2K? Planes are going to fall out of the air, everything like that. People going out buying generators and going out and buying uh, all these different things. I told people, don't worry about it. It's not going to happen. Anybody listen to me didn't spend all the extra money. And guess what? It didn't happen. Why? Because we have a teacher who leads us. What are you going to do in these last days walking in this if you don't know how to listen to the teacher and be led by, by the Spirit? We like to think a lot of times, we, well, I believe God's telling me to do this. Really, what are you basing your belief on? Number one, do you have a verse for it? Now, I realize some things are not calculated in the verses. Like the guy that came to Pastor Krauss, I got these two jobs. You can't go to John 12, 13 and says, uh, you know, uh, Jimmy Bob needs to take job B. How are you going to discern? How you, is it going to what's most logical to you or where God is leading you? There's a place called in the spirit where we have this available to us if we can learn how to live there. So that was number six, the benefit of a teacher. Let's go back to our verse, John 14, 26. But when the comforter is come, who I will send unto you from the father, even the spirit of truth, which proceedeth from the father. Am I in the wrong one? Yes, I am. I'm in chapter 15. But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, from whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring to your remembrance whatsoever I have said to you. There's no Alzheimer's in this place. Because he says your mind will... I'll, I'll bring things back up. Now, you know, the Bible says life and death are in the power of the tongue. You know how many people, as they get older, well, you know, I'm getting old. I just can't remember like I used to. Yeah. Well, death is in your tongue. He says, I'll bring everything to your remembrance. This is also a reason why you need to get the word of God in you so that he can bring it to your remembrance when you need it. Because remember, he's the teacher. Remember when we went back through lesson chapter three and paragraph two, I was talking about this. Oh, yeah, I remember that. You remember, you just talking about before Abraham was, I am. Yes. When I was standing in Russia and that Orthodox priest from Medinogorsk came up, who do you think you are? The Orthodox church is what, 3,000 years old, 4,000 years old. How old is your church? And our church was like four years old. And I'm thinking, this ain't going to be a good answer. <laughs> and out of my mouth, I shall bring things to your remembrance. Before Abraham was, I, I am. And I said, since Abraham. I'm like, ooh, that was good. Because I didn't think of that. He just looked at me, turned around, didn't say another word, and walked off. See, in the place called in the spirit, God is there to answer the question for you. It's inside of you. I'll bring it to your remembrance. You know, there's another verse that says, don't, don't, don't take any thought about what you're going to say when they lead you up before the magistrates. Because I'll speak through you. Or like I said, there's no Alzheimer's, there's no dementia uh, in this place called in the spirit. That should be reason enough to want to get in here. All right, verse 27. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you. Not as the world gives, give unto you. He's going to give you peace. Do you know how I know that a lot of people that are born again, that are filled with the Spirit, are not living in this place called in the Spirit? Because they have no peace. 
They're troubled about everything that's going on in the world, everything that's going on in their life, everything that happens. They get all discombobulated over it. But he says, I will leave you my place. There's a place in the spirit where peace resides that works within me. So number eight is living in peace. Look at the rest of the verse there. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. I've talked about that, that the, the, there is no fear there. Uh, there. There is no anxiety there. This place called in the spirit. We, we can live here. You and I can live here. I don't care what your condition is right now. You may be sick in your body. You may be broken in your finances. You may be troubled in your heart. God has a place for you where you can be free. He that the Son is set free is free indeed. He that the Son is set free is free indeed. Go to Philippians chapter 2. Only two more. Are you hanging with me? And there's a lot more than these ten. I just pulled out ten that are very applicable to our lives right now, the day and age that we live in. What was seven? Yeah, remembrance. I have good memory. I don't care if you're 95 years old. I don't think we have anybody in here 95. Uh, you should be, no, God will bring to my remembrance everything I need. You know, me, many people, I'm guilty of it. Man, it's just so hard for me to remember names. God said he to remind you. Now, our confession is getting us out of the place called in the spirit. Life and death are in the power of the tongue. Philippians chapter 2, verse 13. So that my bonds, in, oh, that's chapter 1, 2, 13. For it is God which worketh in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. Now, th- this is an interesting one on this place. The power to want to and the power to do. Many people battle their want to. I, I talk about want to a lot. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. But most people are living in their wants. That's what that is what's driving their thirst and their hunger. But God said that in this place, he. uh, Let me go back to it. Keep going to verse chapter one. I don't know why it is God that works in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. Your natural being doesn't want to do what God wants you to do. Your spirit being wants to do what God wants you to do. And in this place, God will give you the power to change your want and to do what he says. Now, if you remember in Isaiah 119, it says, if you be willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. But he says, God will give you the power. This is actually a function of grace. Uh, Grace teaching has been taught so wrong uh, for so many years now, a lot of people think that the, the grace is like I can do whatever I want. But grace empowers us to do what God's word demands of us or commands us to do. But he didn't even leave it for us to do. He says, I will give you the want to and the do do. <laughs> yeah, don't 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 let your brain go too far <laughs> off the other direction. This is a real battle for a lot of people. I don't want to do that. To eat the good of the land, you got to be both willing and obedient. But God says, 
I'll do it in you. If you if you'll get in this place in me, you're not going to even struggle with this. Okay, that was number nine. Let's go to Galatians chapter five. Galatians chapter five, number 10, verse 22. But the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. These things that are hard to do, long-suffering, you know, long-suffering will get you out of frustration. You ever been frustrated in your life? Yes. It's because of a lack of long-suffering. Okay? Uh, love. Have you ever found it difficult to walk in love with somebody? Yes. It's because of our want to. Gentleness, goodness. Number 10 is this place called in the spirit will give us the ability to produce real love. God didn't tell us to do all these hard things uh, so that we so that we struggle in doing it. He, everything God commands, he gives us the power to do. The thing that keeps us out is the want to. In fact, if you look at verse 24, you can see it. They that are Christ have crucified the flesh with all the affections and lusts. This is the problem that we walk in, is, is we haven't gotten over our want to, and our, our want to is driven by our thirst and our hunger for the, for the things that we want out of life, even though God says, I'll give you the desires of your heart. If you will put me first, I will manifest what you want in your heart and what you desire, and I'm not even going to add sorrow to it. It's a place that we can live. Let's stand. As I said, I'm, I'm ending my, my series on this place called In the Spirit. But, but I hope I, I challenge you today. There, there's a place that you and I can live in the Spirit. That everything of the Spirit will produce in our life. Now, I'm not going to say it's easy to get in there because he just said you've got to crucify yourself. That's like a painful death. I've been trying to get David crucified for, for several years now, and I keep seeing David. He pops up here. He pops up there. What's that game called where when they pop up, you got to hit him and knock him back down? Pop up, you got to hit him and knock back down? Whack-a-mo. I'm playing David Whack-a-mo. Now, now, he's popping up fewer and fewer times, but he's still popping up. Now, y'all don't get to play David Whack-a-mo. You put your name on there and play the whack-a-mole. Huh? I don't need your help. I'm, 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 what's that? Uh, I, I'm dealing with me. Um, you know, it's so much easier to pick on other people for what their yeah. failings are than to pick on ourselves. If I, I've, if I can get David, the more I get David out of the way, the more of God I get to live in. The more peace that manifests, the more ability that manifests. I, you know, I told you my failure. I've mentioned this is the third time I'm mentioning when I got sick. But you know what? In that, so it's been about a year now. So I went six, seven years, uh, five, six, seven years, whatever it was, without getting sick. Then I got sick, and then I've gone almost a year without getting sick, or a year and a half. I don't know what. I don't remember the date or or the time of it, but I, I got it written down. But you know what? Getting sick one time in seven, eight years—that's a lot better than getting sick three times a year. Amen. I don't have this personal relationship with the toilet. You, you may enjoy sticking your face in it. I don't. 
there's a place that we can live. I've been broke and I've had more than enough. I can honestly say, and I'm not lying, it's better to have more than enough. It's no fun being broke. Well, there's a, there's a place that I can live where there's all sufficiency in all things. I'm not trying to get God to do what he, said he, what he sent his son to already do. I'm trying to get David to be in the place where it all functions. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. I'm already blessed in Christ. So many people are trying to be blessed. Uh, would you pray that God would bless me? Uh, why don't you just get into the place of blessing and, and live in the place of blessing? It works there. You'll be free. You'll be delivered. Uh, you'll have no worry in your life. You can walk with other people no matter how ornery or ugly that they get. Uh, you, you can produce the, the gifts of the, the uh, or the manifestation of fruits of the Spirit in our life. I mean, all these things that you and I can walk in. We just don't want to give up control. Amen. So my, my, my conclusion here is, you and I control, this is an individual statement, so I'll say it this way. David controls where David lives. I have full control over it. I get to choose if I want to get sick. I get to choose if I want to be broke. I get to choose if I want to be frustrated in the process of not being sick or not being broke. I get to choose if I'm going to live in this place called love. I'm going to choose where I live. And we get, so, we get so bound to our own desires and lusts that, that we throw out all the truth of the Word of God to live in it because I don't want to give up this destructive behavior that I'm living in. What does it take? Will it open the eyes of our understanding? God, there's a place that we can live. Help me not to think of myself more highly than I am. If I can't beat these things, if I can't demonstrate your power, then God, let me realize it. Let me realize I'm living below where you've designed for me, God, and help me to get in that place, in that position, in that alignment. God, where you are the source and the strength of my life. The Word of God says uh, in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, Lord, that you have deposited a great treasure within me. God, let me open up the treasure and start living out of it. Yes. Lord, let me realize what you've placed inside of me to live, that I can beat everything that tries to come against me. I can overcome it, God. Let me get my doctrines out of the way that makes me think that everything's okay when it's not okay. When I'm tormented, when I'm laying in my bed at night worrying and and going over things, and I don't know how it will work, God. Take fear out of our lives. Let us get in that place where no fear exists. Lord, and how how weird is the, the cycle that even fear keeps us out of the place of no fear? Let us look at ourselves as how we are and what you've created us to be. God, that we will step over into this place. You know, it, it reminds me one time, if you've been here for a while, I don't know, six months, a year, uh, we received our offerings. And after we received our offerings, I, uh, I told everybody, okay, I'm going to do something now on the offerings because I want you to see that God's paying attention. And we're going to believe that more than what you sowed is going to come into our life this week. And we had testimony and testimony and testimony of how God did that in people's life. 
But now if you were here and you were like one of the ones giving testimony, did it spur you on to giving more? Or did you just retreat back to where you're comfortable? You know, we, we have testimonies. But what seems to me is so often we get these testimonies, but we don't allow it to cause us to live at a higher level. There's more to this than what I thought. Look what God just did. If he could do that, then he could probably do this also. There's a place that you and I can live that's better than the place that we're living. And I don't care how much you're walking in, God. We're, 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 we're not living in the realm of his power. Because if we were living in the realm of his power, people would have followed us to church this morning. Because they want what we have. They're not seeing it. They, oh, no, they're, they're a good person. They're a good Christian. Well, why don't you want what they, well, you know, I just don't like all the things that they have to do. Well, they're not seeing the, the goodness and the blessing and the power of it. You know, we, uh, in fact, you can have your faith with us also on, on the Bridge to Life Teen Homes. We sent in a, the starting process to receive a grant, uh, $57,000. We need to get a van, transport van for the kids. And uh, we've looked at what we want. It's about $51,000, you know, plus tax and license and everything like that. So we asked for 57000 Do you know why we did that? Because there's a, a foundation out there that wants to give away money. This is like real deep spiritual. They want to give away money. I'll take it. Because I need to buy a van. And according to your grant, you know, what you do, this falls within the scope of that. So be praying that we have favor on that. Uh, but, but get the point. Why did we do it? Because it would put us in a better place than where we're at right now. Why would I give up me and what I want? Because it will put you in a better place than where you are at right now. Th this is the thing that amazes me just on Americanism. We, we've got people coming to this country from all over the world. They come over here, they start businesses, they start making money, they, they increase their family wealth. But, but most Americans don't take advantage of the same opportunity they have. Why don't we do what makes our life better because it because it uh, requires effort and we don't want to put in the effort the place called in the spirit is so far higher than where you and I are living if you really understood it if I really understood it because remember I said whack-a-mole David David keeps trying to do things to keep David out if I really understood it, I would give up everything to have it. Because it's so far higher in a realm of living, yet it's a struggle to get out of our own wants and desires. But if I can encourage you, we're walking in a day. Uh, you know, I do a lot of stuff on money and economics. I read a lot of stuff on there. And I've said it before. What's going on right now, they're trying to eliminate the middle class. And... Probably everybody in here is in the middle class. You're not going to wake up one morning and rise above what they're doing to destroy. You better put it in place and know how to, to, to be at the right place that you can live above it. Same thing is true on any element of this natural. 
Darkness shall increase. Uh, arise and shine for the light has come and the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. Darkness shall cover the earth and gross darkness of the people. If you're not arising, you're being succumbed by darkness. If you're just playing it neutral, just playing it, you know, this is what I've always done, this is what I know, you're going to get covered in darkness. Remember we read out of Timothy that many will, will uh, uh, submit themselves to seducing spirits and they will leave the faith. Don't, don't think that you're not, you, it's going to be a fight to stay engaged in the power to overcome the darkness. And you've got to fight all these things that are trying to overtake. That the only, but you don't have to fight. The fight is to stay in the place called in the Spirit. The Word of God will accomplish what the Word of God has been sent to do. But I've got to stay in the place where the Word of God is functioning in my life. Not out of my head, but out of my heart, which deals with some other things. I'll, I'll probably deal with it tomorrow, but it's going to start dealing with your identity. It's going to start dealing with, with faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the Word and how much faith you have in the Word of God. You've got to be able to stand. I hear people say all the time, well, I'm just going to trust God. But if you can't trust God right now, you think you're going to be able to trust God when it gets harder? Because trusting God, James says, uh, uh, I will show you my faith by what I'm doing. There, there's a demonstration of how we live that's going to produce something. And if when the foot soldiers are coming in, you can't stand, what are you going to do when the horses come in? That's actually a verse in the Bible. When it gets hard, if you've not developed yourself to stay in this place called in the spirit, what are you going to do when, when life is coming at you at 90 miles an hour? Can you stand in that? And we like to say, oh, I'll, I'll never walk away from God. I'll stand. But you watch when pressure. I mean, we, we've got 2020 to look back to the whole church laid down. Only a handful full stayed open. Why? Because of fear. They're in the place called fear. People, this is real. This is real. Heavenly Father, I thank you, God, for your word. But Lord, your word has got to become a reality to us. God, it's got to be something that we can stand on, that we can, we can know that no matter what we're facing, that we have the ability, we have the ability Lord, to overcome all things because greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. And we have to learn how to stay in the spirit, how to stay in this place. Now, I'm not talking about we're floating around going woo-woo-woo or anything like that. We just know that in this natural assignment that you have us on, in this tent called the body, Lord, that the word of God can bring supernatural power to it, that we can live above being seated in Christ, above every name that is named, that we can live in that realm. Lord of power, there's power in the name of Jesus. There's power in the name of Jesus. I've got the ability to do this in you, in Christ, because I'm blessed in you, in heavenly places. I'm going to stay in that place of strength and power. Lord, give us the ability to do this, God. I thank you for it. Lord, as we leave here today, give your angels charge over us, Lord, to keep us in all our ways. Lord, that, that we're, we're protected from all elements of this natural world. In Jesus' name, amen.